What up? This is Dart Adams, and this is episode 80 of Dart Against Humanity. The last time I recorded episode of Dart Against Humanity, I said it was episode 78 when it was actually episode 79, which is weird because that was the third time I had gone through that intro. So how I got that wrong was weird. Anybody who's noticed I've done a whole bunch of podcasts lately, uh, the last episode I mentioned that I was on two other podcasts. Since then, I've done two more. Uh, one of them was the Rap Rankings podcast where I discussed Ert B and Rakim's classic, seminal debut album, Paid in Full. I talked about Song 7 on that album, which is As the Rhyme Goes On. reason I did that being when you listen to the album, there are 10 songs, three of them are instrumentals. The last song is a bonus beat, pretty much extended beat. So that one doesn't count. But of the other remaining six songs, five of them are singles. And the one song that isn't a single is As the Rhyme Goes On. As the Rhyme Goes On is super crucial because it bridges the song that comes before it. And it allows you to listen to Chinese arithmetic. Now, the songs, the scratch songs on Paid in Full are not great scratch songs. But it's still a classic album. And As the Rhyme Goes On is a crucial reason why. And it's placement on side B. And I, ex- I explained all that. The podcast is over three hours long. I show up hour 45 minutes in, just so you know. Next podcast I did was uh, Fresh is the Word podcast. We talked about everything from aging in the hip-hop journalism space, uh, passing of the torch between generations and why it wasn't always fluid. Uh, we talked about the similarities between Detroit and Boston music, how I got into uh, music, the music of Detroit. I talked about the, my time in Boston, my life, the history of Boston music. I especially talked about the Boston funk, the Boston funk all-stars. And I gave a long list, a playlist essentially, of um, Boston funk classics, aside from the obvious songs. And I believe I almost got them all. Between... The list that I sent them and the songs that I mentioned, I pretty much got them all. After the podcast was over, I went back and listened. I was like, damn, I missed about three or four songs. But what's going to happen is more than likely on Twitter, I'm going to post a whole bunch of Boston Funk classics between noon and probably two on Friday. Problem being that something annoys me the most. You'll go search something on Twitter and it acts like it's never been there before. Like your name plus the hashtag or, or the subject, what have you. And you, it'll act like you never tweeted about that. I've been on Twitter going on 12 years. I've done several Boston Funk uh, tweets. Several. Just just like I used to do the old um, Diggers Know. If I search Diggers Know, it acts, it'll bring up like a few joints here and there. And I'm like, what are you doing? I used to do full Diggers Know's drops for years both on my account and the producers I know. So it's weird that that happens. I don't understand how it happens. Now, that being said, last episode I talked about how I was doing things out of the normal path for me, like putting together electronics, uh, setting up my TV. I built a a 56-inch TV uh, stand table. I did that. Something that I usually have people for. I don't do this shit myself. I'm usually busy doing something else. Now it's like, 
I have another thing set up where I'm going to actually mop my entire floor and clean up a whole bunch of stuff because now that I don't, again, I'm not on the run, as they said, I'm on ripping and running. Um, I'm pretty much here. I look at shit and I'm just like, yo, I got, I got to fix that. I mentioned that last episode, but I got pine saw, mop and glow, all type of shit. I got rags. I got gloves. I'm like, yo, I'm going to turn into Mr. Clean out this bitch. I'm already bald. I ain't getting the earring. So I might as well just like go all out. But when I, so I still, I'm still working. I'm writing stuff. But the thing is that I finish things and I don't sleep. And it's not like everything's in production. So there's a whole bunch of stuff to add to Netflix. There isn't. I've seen everything. So I have to like, I need more stuff to consume. And those of you who didn't know, I don't, just watch what's like on the regular channels or what have you. I scour the earth, the globe for other type of content. So the thing that I've really gotten into lately is a show called Gangs of London. Now, here's the thing. Gangs of London hasn't aired in America yet, but that's never stopped me. I'm the same guy who watch it, who watched every series out of the UK, Canada, Sometimes France uh, and all over the world, if I get the opportunity to. I had a high score girl too, about three full months before it even hit um, Netflix. There've been shows like um, Gamora that I used to watch. I forgot that last season of Gamora, and this is another thing that annoys me. Netflix had the first season of Attack of Titan and no other ones because all the other uh, uh, anime uh, companies and, and, and sites and streaming services picked it up. So Netflix just has season one. Okay, cool. This is what pisses me off. Gamora. The first, I think the first two seasons of Gamora are on Netflix and no other ones. I mean, they could at least told people we didn't we we didn't get the um you know the account or we lost it to another streaming service or something to that effect. They just acted like it didn't happen. That third season aired overseas, and I saw a few of the episodes because and somebody was gracious enough to put subtitles so I could catch it, but. I barely remember exactly what happened past like the third episode. So I got to revisit that one. Now, Gangs of London. One of my favorite shows, uber violent, really drew me in. Loved the characters, loved the storylines, loved the pacing, the action. I... actually cared about what happened to the characters, even the ones I hated, which is hard for me. It's hard to do because there are characters I hate to the point I need to see them die. And then there are characters I hate, but I need to see how I need to, I need them to hang around as long as possible. And I kind of feel like the main villain in um, Banshee was one of those people that I need to see hang around for as long as possible. 
Don't kill him until it's absolutely necessary and until we reach the end. Like, that has to be the last thing. Whereas when I watch something like The Sopranos, like a lot of people love The Sopranos. I needed the main character in Sopranos to die as soon as possible. And by halfway through season three, I was like, they're not going to kill him. I just knew it was like, they're not going to kill him. They're never going to kill him on screen. Like, I just knew because I'm a writer. And I know it was like, they're never going to show him die on screen. And I'll be damned if I wasn't right. They ended the show alluding he can't escape and he's going to die, but we're not going to see it. And I was just like, called it. I did watch the final episode. I don't think I watched like the last. I think I watched maybe a third of the last season and not really much more than the others. I was just like, no, nah, I'm good. Um, however, there are shows that I just check out of. I've mentioned this before. I, uh, what was that show? Ray Donovan. I stopped caring. I just completely stopped caring. During the second season, I think maybe it was like like around the fourth episode of the second season, I was like, fuck this entire family. I don't give a fuck what happens to Ray. I don't care what happens to his dad, his black brother, nothing. I don't care. The kids, both them kids. And another thing, I've mentioned this before. I keep saying I've mentioned this before, but I've done 80 episodes now. And this, and this podcast has been in existence since April 22nd, 2018. So I can say that. But, and... Go back and reference all the episodes. I've done 79 before this. One of the things that kills me, which is an ongoing thing, it's a trope with uh, TV shows, is that they make the daughter absolutely unbearable. Or they do things so that the audience hates the daughter. Always happens. Um, Homeland. Everyone hated the daughter. They used to love the wife. Then they hated the wife. And this weird thing where they like everybody hates the women on the show. So um, Boardwalk Empire. Everybody used to love the woman on the show, right? Then all of a sudden they hate her. And I'm just like, make, make a fucking decision here. Pick a side. But, you know, on these shows, they just do things to like make the daughter. Everyone hate the daughter. And on Ray Donovan, they managed to do that. I was hanging in there with the daughter for a while, for a while, with the, with the little with the black boyfriend and all that stuff. Then it just got to be out of control. And then by the second season, I was just like, you know what? Mm-mm. Uh-uh, no. His wife, I was like, her, she could go too. Even the woman that assisted him, I was like, she, she, get out of here. Everybody, this whole shit could go up in flames. Same thing happened to me with um, the name of the show with um, Emmy Rossum. Emmy Rossum's on it, and it was William Macy. Uh, anyways, that show was like the whole family ensemble show. I checked out when the baby Liam snorted the cocaine. I was like, okay, I'm looking at the front door. <laughs> I hung around for about three more episodes and I was just like, all right, fuck everybody on the show. Fuck this family. Everybody. I don't give a fuck. Everybody could go. Lip, everybody. The daughter, everyone. That show is like still on. It's like in season nine or 10 or something stupid. The daughter is like 21 or something dumb. 
with two kids or some stupid shit. You know, like I, I just check out and I'm done. But when we look at Gangs of London, this is one of my favorite first seasons in recent memory. Like when I think about recent memories, like opening seasons for a show, uh, I think stuff like Mr. Robot. I think shows like Banshee. You know, I think shows like Westworld, um, Travelers, Le- Legion, Stranger Things, Money Heist, recently Watchmen. Uh, when I first saw you, for me, the first season of Altered Carbon, Ozark, Russian Doll was amazing, Narcos, uh, maybe the first season of Orphan Black. That was another one that like really caught my attention, something I really like enjoyed. I liked the first season from a writing perspective and like doing something new and, and stretching the imagination. I liked the first season of um of of God Friended Me. The second season, I'm glad that they decided to end it. And you know, but it just seemed like rushed that last episode. Where, you know, they get together and I'm like, once the episode is over, I'm like, oh, they stayed together. Yeah, so me and Kara are together. I'm like, but how? And and Raj and Homegirl together. I'm like, okay. What? I'm like, y'all just like, y- y'all just threw this shit together. It's like when Poochie died on fucking, itch, like on, on, um, on that episode of The Simpsons. They're like, he just went back home to space. I'm like, man, if y'all don't get the fuck up out of here. But yeah, man. It's amazing. The action is amazing. You think it's like, I'm wondering what the budget is on this show. Because people are getting murked left and right. There's more bullets than they had at Bullet Farm. And I'm just like, yo, what was the budget like? And also, I'm learning about all these international, um, uh, all these international uh, defense forces. Like, I didn't know did did the, the Danish got down like that. Like, good lord! Like, and the thing about it is that it's very, it's not like super white. When I watch something like Succession, and I'm totally on the outside looking in. Because I'm not a part of that world at all. I don't know anything about that world. I have no feet in it. So I watch it just as a complete outsider. And I'm completely suspended belief. I don't really buy into anybody. I'm not beholden anybody. Everybody can go. I just let go and watch. It's like um, watching a football or a basketball game between two teams you care nothing about. Because your team already won. And this has no bearing on what happens to your team because they're already in the championship, you know, or they or they're not even going to face each other or something like that. And that's that's a better one. So you just let it go and just watch and enjoy not caring what happens, even though you're in. But you can still be entertained. So that's like how I feel about watching something like Succession, because I do I have a. Uh, uh, I'm not rooting for anybody in succession. 
Everybody, even if they're smart, they're stupid. You know? Everybody's dumb on some level and everybody deserves what's got coming to them. So what happened is recently on Netflix, uh, Uncut Gems hit Netflix. And it's interesting because the people who didn't see it before have a similar reaction. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? A lot of people watch Uncut Gems and they feel uh, anxious or uncomfortable or stressed out watching it. And I don't get it. And I'm like, is there something wrong with me? When I watched Uncut Gems, and here's the thing. This was always, it's a thrill ride. It's an it's a exhilarating, heart-pounding, this and this and this. You'll be glued to your seat. You'll be anxious. You'll be this. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see this shit. I get a screener. This is how a lot of my life goes. I get a screener. I'm watching it. And I'm like, where am I supposed to be anxious and like this dude's living a chaotic life. About 30 minutes, I was like, oh, he's going to die. He has to. No, no. 30 minutes and I'm like, oh, he's going to die. 45 minutes into an hour and I was like, oh, he has to die. So he's, this movie's going to end with him dead. Or better. That's me between 45 minutes and an hour and 15. I feel nothing for the main character. Nothing. However, I want to see how this ends. And that's what's intriguing me. Am I anxious? No. Not at all. Am I nervous? Absolutely not. Am I uncomfortable? No. This is the dumbasses going through all that shit. I'm completely outside watching. I have no... Like, I don't feel anything, nothing. So when everybody keeps talking about how anxious they were watching, and I was like, why? It's a thrill a minute, and it's crazy, and it's chaotic, sure. But I don't personally feel anything. And um, I said this on Twitter, and I explained to people, and like, people were explaining to me how they felt. And I was like, okay, that's interesting, that's interesting, but I don't get it. Now... How my brain and my mind or, or, or I'm wired. I mentioned a show or a movie better that had me the way that everybody was talking about uncut gems made them. And that was waves. Waves completely had me in all of my feelings. That shit had me anxious. That shit had me uncomfortable. I was like, what's going on? What's happening? My brain was screaming at certain points. Uncut Gems was a fucking walk in the park for me. Waves had me like, huh. And I try and I figured out, and the reason why is because I had bought in. I was emotionally connected to what was going on. I was completely emotionally detached from what was happening on screen. And uncut gems. I was like, this motherfucker invited all this shit on himself. Whatever happens, happens. Fuck it. And that's why I mentioned all those TV shows. Because there's a point where I check out. I just check out. I'm no longer invested. I check out. And there's two types of ways I check out. One, I can check out and still be entertained. And me checking out leaves me 
to be entertained. Then there's the checking out where I don't even care to see where this is going. And I'm wasting my time. And there's two levels to this. Level one is what happens during me watching something like um, little boxes, little boxes, weeds. That's what it's called. I had to sing the theme song and think of uh, the person who made it, the, the person who made the show, not the theme song. The person who made the show, her name. And then it was like, OK, then I see the opening credit weeds. That's how my memory works. Crazy, right? So, um, Weeds. I remember checking out of Weeds. Maybe it was the sixth season. It was like after she had the baby to the drug lord and the sons are all grown up and 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 the dude that they used to hang with who was gay, got a woman pregnant, and he's raising a child. And it's after Rom- Romani Malco and, and Indigo and the other people that I like had left the show. It's after... Um, Homegirl from Big was gone with her daughter. It was just like, yo, I it's like, so the people that made it possible for me to stomach all this stupid shit that's happening are gone from the show. So I can't watch anymore. If you can't expect me to watch because the, the woman, the lead is hot and she drinks a lot of coffee, that's not enough. You know, that wore off last season. So I just stopped watching because I didn't care anymore. I no longer cared. Now, on the other side, perfect example, um, I checked out emotionally completely. But I still had to see it through to the end somewhat. That was the case with me in Californication because I was so connected to Californication and the characters. I was connected Emotionally, I was invested, better word, in um, the main character, his daughter, his wife, his friend group, their dynamic. That intrigued me. How this, and then the thing that just like was too much was, yo, how many ways can this man fuck it up between the woman he actually loves his ex-wife it was a real um i don't know how many of you are familiar with evangeline i'm i'll mention evangeline because again i talk about um my early years going to boston latin school evangeline was a book that we read in eighth grade at Boston Latin School. And it was about this insane story about a woman who left some part of Canada, the, the, Arcadi, the Arcadians, or Arcadians or some shit. She leaves this part of Canada and this man who's in love with her chases the shadow or the ghost of her. And at the end of the book, he finally finds her, but they're both like old as fuck. So the reason I mention that is because it's like that. It's like you're reading, you're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and, waiting and you're like, 
by the time this finally happens, it's too late. Now, on the other side, me checking out completely, whereas other people are completely um, engrossed and engaged. And I'm like, am I the asshole? The movie Life. Now, I know that most people love life. I've seen people be asked, what's their favorite comedy? What's their favorite film? And they say life. And I have a face that that, that people just turn around and look at me like, what's the matter with you? Like, to me, that is astounding. I fucking hated life. I hated the film life. I hated it. And the weird thing was that when I watched life, I watched it with three other people and they were laughing. They were enjoying themselves. They were having a great ass time. They're fucking high fiving. And I'm sitting there getting disgusted. And I'm like, y'all like this shit? This shit is horrible. So when it ends, I'm absolutely angry and pissed off and they are fucking loving it. And I'm like, yo, what is it about this movie that y'all liked? And they gave me a laundry list of all the great things in it that was funny, that was great, and was uplifting to them. And I was like, these motherfuckers didn't do anything and lived their entire lives locked up and didn't get out until they were fucking elderly. What about that is fucking good and, and, and is, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a feel-good moment and about perseverance and the, the human will and all this other shit? I was like, you know what would have been enjoyable for me? If this motherfucker died, this happened, this happened, this happened. It's like, I didn't want to laugh. None of that shit was funny to me. Well, uh, don't be scared. That was funny. You know what I'm saying? You going to eat that cornbread? That shit was funny. But overall... The fact these motherfuckers didn't get out of jail. I was fucking angry. I was pissed off. And they're looking at me like, calm the fuck down. I never watched life again. And when people bring it up, oh, you know what's great? Life. Fuck life. Not the thing, but the movie. Fuck that movie. So just to show you that like everybody has a different reaction to different kinds of art, different film, different television shows. Some shit I love, you can hate. Some people can have a feeling about something or be invested in something, I completely check out. And this is something I had to keep in mind during my years um, as a journalist and then reviewing things. I began to not like when people are like, Hey, so Dart, how'd you feel about this? Because it doesn't matter how I feel about it. Because how I feel about it might be the complete opposite of how you feel about it. Everybody is entertained by different things. And everybody has different uh, levels of things that they can handle or things they want to take. Oh, and here's another thing, too, that intrigues me. Um... I remember watching this documentary with a bunch of friends. I enjoyed the documentary. I thought it was great. They, on the other hand, well, I'll say that me and another person in the group really enjoyed the documentary, thought it was great, thought the pace was fantastic, 
the tone, everything was great. They, on the other hand, thought that it was too sad and depressing and could have been more uplifting and more of a celebration as opposed to being dour and sad. Because we're in a space right now where um, there's this thing that people call um, torture porn almost. And there's just a lot of trauma. And people, uh, I've noticed recently, like they don't want to see that. Whereas I don't have a problem with it. I understand why people don't want to see it. I understand why people are have fatigue, but I feel that it's on some level, it's necessary. I think people overdo it, but I feel is that it's necessary in some points. I It bothers me when people are like, they don't want to see any. It's like, we've seen enough of it. I'm like, there's a whole lot of shit we've seen enough of, but there's always a different way to spin it or 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 or. Or do it, or a different perspective to bring to it, or a different spin to put on it. There always is. That's why tropes exist. That's why these things exist. There's always a new spin to put on it, there's always a new way to frame it. But some people just don't want to see any of this shit anymore. It's like, so what do you want? You want it all to be good? You want it all to be pro- to progressive? You want it all to be positive? That's not fucking life. And another thing that like I like to bring up is one of my favorite parts of the Matrix is that they explain that they created a Matrix, a beta version of the Matrix to trap hum- humans in that everything was good and enjoyable for them and it crashed because people didn't couldn't take it or they didn't accept it because they knew it wasn't real because nothing bad was happening there was no negativity there was no bullshit so they had to reframe the matrix so that it was closer to actual life for each for each person. With all that shit that we hate. The bad days. The down times. The crippling doubt and depression. The sadness. The disappointment. That's what life is. And as a writer. And as a creator. I feel as though that's necessary to contrast. Of when there's actual triumph or when there's a breakthrough. I just think that, you know, there's different ways to do it. There has to be the bullshit along with the breakthrough, along with the celebration. It can't all be good. And I think that's another thing that annoys me, but it just goes back to like, what people's idea of depressing is. To me, a bad bad art is depressing. Mediocre art is depressing. But what's my idea of what's mediocre? What's my idea of what's bad? It's not yours. My evaluation of something 
shouldn't have much bearing on how you feel about it. Because yours sure has none on mine. I don't give a fuck how much you enjoyed Midsummer. That shit was trash to me. I don't care how much you enjoyed Heredity. I checked out halfway and I'm never going to finish it. Never. I don't care how much you talk it up to me. I don't need to see Heredity. I haven't seen Heredity and I'm just fine. Matter of fact, I'm sorry I saw the fucking 40 minutes I did see. I wish I could erase that from my memory. I'd be just fine without it. I don't need to love The Sopranos. You can love The Sopranos. I don't mind. There's another. Sh- there's about three other shows I love that you'll never want to fucking watch. I was having a conversation on Twitter about John from Cincinnati. That show got canceled after the first season because it wasn't for everybody. I got it. It didn't bother me that it got canceled after the first season. Because the way I saw it was that, you know what? That show, people weren't ready for that shit. I'm good on that show being canceled. I enjoyed it. My brother and I enjoyed it. We quoted, we quoted back and forth from time to time. But no, that's not a show people loved. The thing is for me is that sometimes I do get so wrapped up in my love of something that I don't give something else another chance because I figure it can't uh, match up to it. I've mentioned this on a previous podcast, I believe, or maybe I tweeted it where I was talking about I was kicking myself in the ass for sleeping on. um, For sleeping on uh, Killjoys. Because sci-fi canceled my favorite show on that network before I could get a final season and some closure, Dark Matter. So I was like, they fucking canceled Dark Matter, but they kept Killjoys? Fuck Killjoys. When the quarantine started and I had seen everything and I had finished each one class, which I love. Each one class is another show I should mention with a great first season, but I think it's over. I don't think there's going to be a second season. What are you going to do? This It's over. Um, anyway, after that ended and I'm looking around for shit to watch, I'm like, um, you know what? Let me fuck around and watch one of these episodes of Killjoys. I ain't got nothing to do. It's 2 a.m. I finished all my writing assignments. I finished the research. I'm going to take a break from writing this book. I've taken quite a break from writing that book because I've been doing other things that have actually been paying me. So um, I was like, let me watch an episode of Killjoys. Now, mind you, I'd watched three parts of three episodes of Killjoys back when um, Dark Matter was actually on. And I was like, eh, I don't give a fuck about the show. I like the lead chick, uh, Hannah Kanner. She was ghost in um, Wasp and um, Iron Man. I mean, Wasp and um, Ant-Man and Wasp. So, and she was, oh, she was also, I think, The Stranger in that Netflix show, The Stranger. She's bad. Um, yeah, she's a baddie. But anyway, I'm like, let me watch this episode. I watched the episode. I was like, oh, that was kind of funny. Watch the second episode. Okay, yeah, sure. Watch the third episode. All right, yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. I gotta get it. I kind of, I kind of understand. And I'm like, this reminds me of like a show that I used to watch from Canada that I, I really enjoyed. Um, 
the show about the phase, Lost Girl. Then I find out that like it's like made by the same woman or, or some shit like that. And I'm just like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Canadian. So I'm like, yo, let me let me just watch the first season. I watched the first season. And I'm like, oh shit. This show is really fucking entertaining. It's actually good. I finished the whole shit. And after and when I finished the whole show. I'm kicking myself in the ass because I didn't give it a chance because I thought it had to be like the expanse the because it's campy, it's funny, you know it doesn't take itself all that seriously and after losing dark matter, which also didn't take itself all that serious seriously, even though it was a serious show, I needed something more in the vein of that. And um, Battlestar Galactica. So I started watching The Expanse. The Expanse is what people watch when they when they uh, don't have an opportunity to see Battlestar Galactica. And it's a joke that I say that because now uh, Comcast has the Peacock Network, the Peacock streaming service, and it's free. And do you know what's on there? Battle Motherfucking Star Galactica. So I've been watching Battlestar Galactica, and I'm like, holy shit. I was watching The Expanse because I didn't have any access to watch Battlestar Galactica and I missed Battlestar Galactica. The thing about Battlestar, about certain shows is that they have a tone to them. They have a pace to them. They have a feel to them. And it's comfortable. Like how me not having Banshee anymore made it so that I really loved watching something like... um. Gangs of London. Because it was familiar to me. Now, I understand that the reason why I'm searching for things that are familiar and things that I enjoy is also attached to uh, something else. There's a void. And that void is, I no longer have live sports. Removing live sports changes a lot about my routine. There were things that I had to do or get done or get out of the way because there was going to be the live sports that I was going to have to watch or the live sporting event that was going to rem- that was going to take away the focus from the thing I wanted to do that I'm trying to present to everybody else. You didn't do certain things when everybody's attention is divided or elsewhere. That no longer exists. The event is like a versus. So, yo, you're going to really do that while D-Nice is spinning? Yo, you're really going to do that while the versus is on? You know, back in the days, it was like, you're really going to try to do that while everybody is watching the Lakers versus the fucking Clippers or the Celtics versus the 76ers? Like, are you stupid? Or it would be like, dude, the Patriots are going to be on Monday night football. You know, what are you thinking? I don't have to worry about any of that. And the other thing is that, you know, people are trying to make something normal or get back to some semblance of normality. So they are trying to rush things. To get things back. 
And that second wave of COVID-19 is going to shut all that shit down. And people trying to rush to get outside when they haven't been fucking tested. They haven't had their temperature fucking monitored. Millions upon millions of people have been tested in other countries. And they still had to shut shit down because one person slipped through the crack and got a whole bunch of people um, infected. We're not doing any of that. So what in the entire fuck are y'all thinking? People are so desperate to get back to some semblance of their normal. That they are willing to possibly risk it all. And get sick and infect other people is the big thing. I'm not down with that. I won't die to uphold the system of capitalism. I won't. And the sad part is that we're in an age where everyone is being asked to be quarantined and shelter in place. And black people are still getting murdered by the police. How the fuck? Someone said that on Twitter was talking about how uh, one of the things that has prevented mass shootings from happening is the fact that people are being sheltered in place and they're not out. And there was a mass shooting just recently. So someone was like, oh, it looks like things are returning back to normal already. And that was depressing. But the fact that black folks are getting killed by the police and there are, there's been mass shootings... Like, that's the normal that people have been talking about? That's insane. It's depressing. It's discouraging. But that's life. Now, I understand why some people would like to see documentaries or films, minus the trauma, minus all of that. But I can't imagine life without it. And when I make my art and you see it in it, please don't come to me with that bullshit about what you want me to make or what you want me to depict. Please don't do that. Watch some other shit. See some other shit. This is what I do. This is what I this is what I write. I'm not going to do it like everybody else. But allow me my license, allow me my freedom, allow me my agency to do what I want, how I want. I'm not fucking Tyler Perry. I'm saying this before I even put anything out. I am not fucking Tyler Perry. Okay. I am not Will Packer. I'm me. I have my experiences. I have my life. Don't try to make it so that I'm like anybody else. That existed because none of them have been where I've been. None of them come from where I'm. What I've come from. You name every Boston 
writer, director, out now. Just active doing it. Just putting out shit. Name them. Name them. I'll wait. I'll wait. And there are several right now that have stuff, that have things in um, working and going in there. And I can't wait to see them because it's about goddamn time. But I'm letting you know right now from the jump. This podcast, again, will end with episode 100. You can go back however many years you need to after this podcast is over and I moved on to something else. And if anybody's going to have a question about why did Dart do this? Why did he choose this? Why does he do this? How come he has this? How come he feels this? Hey, go back and listen to Dart Against Humanity episode 80. Once you listen to Dart Against Humanity episode 57, he explains it in Dart Against Humanity episode 42. He talks about that in Dart Against Humanity episode 22. This is a record. This is a conversation with everyone. I'm letting you know. That being said, I couldn't let this this episode go without me addressing what's actually happening in the world. But at the same time, I felt the need to actually, you know, have a conversation outside of it because it can get to the point where it's a million people talking about the same thing. And then everybody, nobody has anything more to add. And then some people need a diversion, you know, especially with dumbasses coming out like Shamik. Shamik Moore saying this dumb shit. That's just sad. And I just felt like I needed to go in another direction and give the people something different. So that I can understand. People need counter programming. They need something different. But there's. You know, there's grades, there's levels. To it. That being said, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I really do. Um, I'm just here sitting on my couch. And it's midnight. I did what I do. Catch y'all next week, man. One.